Good morning, this is David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin And, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. It is 10.20 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time. It is the 15th day of June 2023, and this is episode 748 of Bitcoin, and here we are again. As a reminder, I am going to Colorado. Uh, we're leaving on Sunday, right? So I'm pulling together some of the old, <clears throat> older interviews, you know, a couple of the very first shows that I've ever done. Going to kind of go back through a retrospective because, you know, 748 shows is a lot of shows. And I've been doing this for four, you know, over well over four years. And there's a, you know, most of it's news, right? So because of that, there's not a whole lot of evergreen stuff going on, but there is some, right? There is some. Like uh, there's going to be, if you guys remember Untapped Growth, I'm going to throw his interview up there. We're going to go back and uh, visit Texas Slim and the very first time that I ever interviewed him. And we'll do some other stuff so that I don't leave like, you know, a two week long gap in the show because that's just, that's not kosher. It's not, I've done it too many times. I've done that where it's like, okay, well, I'm just going to go on vacation. And then all of a sudden I'm having to rebuild everything when I, when I get back home and I don't want to do that again. Uh, it's, it's from what I've, you know, come to understand that's bad juju. I'm not going to leave you guys out in the lurch, but I also can't really record new shows. Uh, at least not yet. One of these days, uh, you know, if you get a, a mobile recording setup going on up there at the house in Colorado, which is Aspenwood, and you can rent that thing if you want. <laughs> we, we've got it for rent, and it's in the San Juan Mountains. It, probably, in my opinion, some of the most beautiful mountains that you'll ever see from the Rocky Mountains. It's just absolutely gorgeous scenery. It's close, to very, like, you can walk down to uh, to the lake. It's a, it's a mile, you know, it's like a mile and a half away, but it's still easily walkable distance. It's a very large, it's a pretty good sizable lake too, by the way. And the summers in the San Juan Mountains at that elevation, generally speaking, it's nice and cool. It's definitely cold at night, but during the day it warms up and it's just, it's stunning, but I don't have a way to record up there. Uh, so I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to, uh, uh, throw out some, some reruns and try to pick some, some of the special shows that I think, uh, that I was really proud of. Um, other than that, let's see, what do we need to do? Oh, what, you know what we need to, we need to talk about this BlackRock ETF shit that's been going around this morning. Nobody seems to really know if this is true or not, but we're gonna we're gonna get this piece from Nick Hoffman from Bitcoin Magazine, entitled "Blackrock Nears Filing a Bitcoin ETF Application Leveraging Coinbase Custody." Oh joy! Blackrock, the world's largest asset manager, is reportedly reportedly 
on the brink of submitting an application for a Bitcoin ETF as disclosed by a reliable source familiar with the matter. In their pursuit of a Bitcoin ETF, BlackRock has chosen Coinbase Custody as their trusted custodial solution. Moreover, the asset manager will rely on Coinbase's spot market data to ensure accurate and reliable pricing for the ETF. Coinbase and BlackRock have so far refrained from providing any official comments on the matter. While the specifics of the upcoming ETF remain undisclosed, it is yet to be determined whether it will be based on spot or futures. My guess is going to be futures. Why? Because futures helps depress the price of Bitcoin. That's why it's going to be futures. I hope, I, I well, actually, I don't hope I'm wrong. I kind of don't like derivative products at all. I think they should all burn in hell from whence they came, but we're, we're going to have to deal with this shit. Uh, BlackRock, however, refrained from immediate comment, of course. It is worth noting that the Securities and Exchange Commission uh, in the United States has thus far rejected every single application for a spot Bitcoin ETF. Nevertheless, the commission has granted approval for several Bitcoin futures ETFs, which have been successfully introduced for trading. And that's one of the reasons why we have continual price depression on Bitcoin. It's, it's the futures. That's honestly... Futures don't do anything but try to cap prices. I I know that if I were to go to some business school or whatever, that they would tell me I was full of shit. I don't know what I'm talking about. However, I'm looking at history. And futures basically seem to me to do nothing but price cap a commodity or some whatever the underlying instrument's spot price actually is. That That seems to be the only thing that it really does. BlackRock's imminent filing for the ETF signals a turning point in the industry as a prominent player in the TradFi space acknowledges the potential of Bitcoin. If approved, the Bitcoin ETF would open doors to a new wave of adoption and provide investors with an unprecedented opportunity to participate in the Bitcoin market through a regulated and accessible investment vehicle. Bullshit. That's bullshit. We already have futures ETF. Okay, so that's not unprecedented for one. All right, that, I don't even, I don't get that part at all. Also, yeah, BlackRock's a huge player. I get it, but it's just, an, it's probably going to end up being just another futures derivative for Bitcoin. And like I said, I don't see futures contracts doing anything but depressing the price of anything. I look what happened to Saudi Arabia, right? They got all their crew together in Vienna. They were going to cut production again. And the futures traders in on Wall Street said, nah, I don't think so. It doesn't matter. It, it the, the noise introduced by futures ETF any, of anything is so overwhelming that nobody knows how to actually price anything anymore. It's fantastic how stupid the human species seems to be. In fact, I read something the other day, actually it was yesterday, somebody uh, uh, posted a Guardian article and the headline was something like human or synthetic human embryos created in a laboratory, no sperm or egg was involved. So just without even the structural foundations 
of what it means to be human and how humans actually create other humans, not even involved. And yet a synthetic human embryo is apparently created in a laboratory. My response to that is just how stupid are we? Are we really this? How come we're always this stupid? I, I don't, I don't get it. Why can't we just know the price of something? Why can't we just create humans the way that humans are created? It, I mean, think about it this way. They'll say with the human embryo shit. Oh, but now, now humans won't actually have to, you know, bear the, the weight of, of having a child. I get that. I mean, I, I watched my wife be pregnant twice and third trimester, both of them in late summer in Texas. Not not really when you want to be that pregnant, okay? that's You're talking about like 105 degrees outside, and you're in your third trimester? No, that's... <laughs> dude, no, don't do that shit. That's, that's hard. But even if, you know, even if third trimester is in the deeps of winter, you know, which is probably a little bit more comfortable, nothing about being pregnant for a woman is comfortable. I get it. However, if we start saying, okay, well, now we're just going to synthetically create all these, these humans, and you'll, even if they did it with sperm and egg, and all of a sudden, guess what happens? Evolution, when, they, when there's not a pressure to do a thing, you know, generations later, you end up losing, it becomes a, what's called a vestige. It's a vestigial either organ or it's a vestigial you know, uh, function of a human, they go away. So what ends up happening is we end up dooming our own species because if the worst case scenario happens and no longer are there any laboratories around, the human species has lost their ability to breed naturally in the environment. Kiss human race goodbye. And again, I ask ourselves, all of us, are are we really this stupid? I, I guess we are because we keep introducing yet one more futures ETF on the price of Bitcoin. It's stupid. And speaking of, we're going to talk about the presidential race in the United States. Yay, clown show. Miami's Bitcoin mayor will challenge Donald Trump for United States president, decrypt. Jason Nelson writes it. Francis Suarez, mayor of Miami, has filed to run for U.S. president. Known as the Bitcoin mayor, Suarez has previously said he wants Miami to be a global crypto hub, personally investing in crypto in the wake of the passage of the $1.9 trillion stimulus bill and push to receive his government paycheck and 401k benefit plan denominated in Bitcoin. Suarez filed as a Republican candidate today with the Federal Elections Committee, meaning that he will be challenging former President Donald Trump for his party's nomination. Suarez joins a growing list of Republican presidential hopefuls looking to court the Bitcoin vote. Florida governor and candidate for the GOP nomination, Ron DeSantis, announced that the state would accept Bitcoin as payment for from businesses for sales or state taxes last year, although the announcement did not include individuals. DeSantis also signed a bill banning central bank digital currency or CBDCs in Florida in May. During a Twitter Spaces conversation with then-Twitter CEO Elon Musk, DeSantis said the future of Bitcoin depended on current United States President Joe Biden not being reelected. Quote, the current regime, clearly they have it out for Bitcoin. And if it continues for another four years, they'll probably end up killing it. <clears throat> okay, pausing. No. No, you won't. That's not the way Bitcoin actually works. 
They can make it harder. They can they can come out and say it flat out it's illegal. And that would be the only time that I would really really consider saying, you know what, I'm kind of done. I'm just going to I'm I, I got to get out of here because it's it's you know, at that point it's not the United States of America anymore. It's something completely different. It's the United Communist States of Socialism or something like that, but it's not America. All right? So, but this is a this bullshit is a scare tactic because DeSantis knows that Bitcoiners are a single issue voting party and we're large enough that it can start swinging things various ways, depending on how we decide to vote. If any of us actually vote some, you know, lots of us do. I I get to the point where now I'm at the point now, and I've been here for the last couple of election cycles where I just don't care. It doesn't matter who gets in. They don't like me. They don't want me to do well. They really want me to remain poor because poor chattel is the best chattel. But continuing on, another Republican candidate seeking the Bitcoin vote is entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy, who during the 2023 Bitcoin conference said Bitcoin should not be regulated as a security. But Republicans are not the only ones putting Bitcoin on their platform. Candidate for the Democratic Party presidential nomination Robert F. Kennedy Jr. also appeared at the Bitcoin conference to show his support for the digital asset, vowing to defend Bitcoin against invasive surveillance. Quote, as president, I will make sure that your right to hold and use Bitcoin is inviolable and I will defend the right to self-custody. End quote. Longtime Bitcoin advocate and former Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey recently came out in support of Kennedy sharing a video of Kennedy saying that he can beat former President Donald Trump and Governor DeSantis in the comment, he can and he will. Uh, I don't see, that's the thing, is that out of all of these dudes, I actually like Robert F. Kennedy the best. It's not an endorsement. I've, I just don't feel like getting up and, and going to the polls because it, it doesn't really matter. Let's say Robert F. Kennedy is the best dude He's really above board. He really believes what he says. He's going to try to execute that shit. And then they, you know, he, let's say he wins the election and then they sit his ass down and say, here's what happened to your uncle or your great uncle or whatever, John F, uh, JFK, you know, the actual JFK, they got blown away. Shows him the picture, you know, what really happened, tells him about how, you know, you better, you better come in line. I don't know. If if that all that actually happens, or if JFK was blown away by the powers that be, I don't know. I know it wasn't that dude in the books book depository. Hell no. That I, so who? But who did it? Who knows? There's credible evidence that it might have been the mafia. Why would the mafia kill John F. Kennedy? His old man was a rum runner. That's how the Kennedys got all their money. His old man was a gangster. It. I mean that. I. I don't know. I'm just saying that out of out of Ron DeSantis, Trump, and now Mayor Suarez on the Republican side, and whoever it is, they're I guess they're going to try to run that, you know, run Biden again, or even if they trade up and you know do trade up, trade over. It's not up or down. It's actually just the same stupidity. Kamala Harris. It it, it doesn't matter. It just. For me, it doesn't matter anymore. It's too bad, but you know, it is what it is. Now, no bu- bullshit Bitcoins coming at us. No BSBitcoin.com. Block opens public beta of BitKey, partners with Cash App, and God forbid Coinbase. Quote, 
We're excited to announce we've opened our external beta program to the first customers outside of our parent company, Block Inc., the company announced. BitKey is a multi-signature, self-custody Bitcoin wallet that comes with a mobile app, hardware device, and a set of recovery tools. Quote, we're launching partner integrations with Coinbase and Cash App to help customers safely and easily transfer their Bitcoin to BitKey without having to leave the BitKey app. Both these integrations will be available during beta, and you can still send and receive Bitcoin to and from BitKey to other Bitcoin wallets, custodial and non-custodial, beyond these partner integrations too, end quote. Users will be able to buy crypto from the two platforms when the Bitcoin-only wallet is formally launched outside of beta, Lindsey Grossman, the business lead for BitKey, told Fortune. On a video call with Fortune, Grossman briefly flashed the wallet, a flat hexagonal device with a fingerprint scanner that fits into one's palm. BitKey's hardware component is one-third of a multi-sig or multi-signature setup. BitKey has three keys. One is on users' cell phones. Another is stored on the hexagonal pieces of hardware. And Block holds the final key. To pay for coffee with, say, Bitcoin, a user needs to sign off on the transaction on both their hardware device and their cell phone. God, that sounds like a lot of shit to do. Quote, we are able to help you recover your wallet and recover both your mobile key through cloud backup. Oh, and then also help you get a new piece of hardware and create a new hardware key, Grossman said. To test out BitKey in the external beta, interested users need to fill out a short application by 1259 Pacific Time, 30th of June, 2023. Quote, while Grossman declined to specify in which quarter Block plans to release the wallet, she did say that the firm is aiming for later this year. Okay, Block is, you know, Jack Dorsey's thing. So they've come out with their own hardware wallet that is one third of a multi-sig. Okay, don't, this is not going to be used to buy coffee. I'm sorry, but it's not. That's just honestly, dude, if you're going to use a multi-sig setup, then, you know, that's good. I like that. Send a hundred bucks to a hot wallet on your phone, 50, whatever it is that you just, you know, are okay with burning down because always assume that your hot wallet is compromised. Always assume that your hot wallet is compromised. Always assume that your hot wallet is compromised. The only place to safely and securely keep your Bitcoin is cold storage, like on a cold card from uh, CoinKite, all right? So that said, I I don't have that much of a problem with, with the setup, except that one of the keys is kept in a cloud, and then one of the other keys is held by Block, and or at least that's what I'm getting out of this. Eh... Hey, if you want it, you know, knock yourself out. But honestly, I think just a cold card and then setting yourself up to understand that, hey, I'm going to keep 50 bucks in a hot wallet, uh, 50 bucks worth of Bitcoin in a hot wallet. And that's what I'm going to use to buy coffee with and use the Lightning Network because honestly, it's the best way to go. And now here's another way to go. New York. New York has banned CoinEx Exchange and has seized $1.7 million in crypto assets. Anna Paula Pereira is writing it for Cointelegraph. Hong Kong-based crypto exchange CoinEx has been banned from operating in New York by Attorney General Letitia James. 
According to an announcement on June the 15th, over $1.7 million worth of the exchange's funds were seized for allegedly failing to register as a securities and commodities brokerage. Uh, Choke point 2.0 continues. The agreement resolves a previous lawsuit against CoinEx from February when the New York state accused it of falsely representing itself as an exchange and failing to register with local authorities, quote, as part of today's consent order, CoinEx is banned from offering, selling, or purchasing securities and commodities in New York and is prohibited from making its platform available in the state, read the announcement. As per the agreement, over $1.1 million will be returned to 4,691 New York investors and more than 600000 will be paid in penalties to the state. Who got penal- penalized? <laughs> the the people that the, the well, I hate to say investors because you, honestly, it's Bitcoin is money, not not an equity. But be that as it may, they're taking money away from the investors. The investors are not going to be made whole because their money is going to go to pay these penalties. That's who really got screwed. Whatever, I, I these people can all go fuck themselves. Furthermore, Coinex must implement geo blocking to prevent access by New York IP addresses. It is also forbidden for Coinex to create any new accounts for U.S. customers. Quote: Today's agreement should serve as a warning to crypto companies that there are hefty consequences for ignoring New York's laws. My office will continue to crack down on crypto companies that brazenly brazenly disregard the law, mislead investors, and put New Yorkers at risk, Letitia noted in the announcement. CoinEx users will be able to recover crypto funds directly from the exchange over the next 90 days. After this period, eligible investors will be able to receive funds in fiat currency by emailing coinxrefund at ag.ny.gov. According to the announcement, Investors will be refunded cryptocurrency or cash equivalents held in accounts as of April the 25th, 2023. CoinEx was sued by Letitia in the New York Supreme Court on February the 22nd for allegedly engaging in repeated and persistent fraudulent practices and violating the state's Martin Act, one of the most rigorous anti-fraud laws in the country. In the complaint, Letitia, I'm a, they're saying James, but I, I like Letitia better. Letitia classified various tokens as both commodities and securities, including AMP, Library Credits, Rally, and Terra Luna. Yeah, well, Terra, of course. I mean, the thing about all this is, is that, yes, those are securities. Everything, you know, everything but Bitcoin seems to be a security as far as quote unquote crypto goes. So that part they get right. It's when they start going after Bitcoin that they're going to find themselves not doing very well. But be that as it may, we have doctors concerned. Doctors are literally concerned with your Bitcoin health. Because, well, let's just find out from Travis Headley. Fiat mindsets are making my patients unhealthy. But Bitcoin can help. Bitcoin Magazine. Hmm. Guess this is a real doc. Is uh. In fact, Travis Headley is an emergency medical uh, physician and the medical director of an urban emergency department. Okay. So as an emergency medicine physician, I witness the impact of various societal factors on the health and well-being of my patients every day. According, According, among the concerning trends that I have observed is the growing number of patients who not only suffer from poor health, but also find themselves trapped in a cycle of financial struggle and dependency. In this article... I will explore the connections between fiat currency and the emergence of what can be called fiat people. 
the health impacts of fiat currency. Fiat currency refers to a form of money that is not backed by a physical commodity such as gold and silver, but is instead declared as a legal tender by a government. This system allows for the creation of money by central banks and is based on trust in the issuing authority. While fiat currency has its advantages, such as flexibility and ease of transactions, its inherent characteristics have unintended consequences that impact individual behavior in society as a whole, including manufactured inflation and monetary debasement. Fiat currency, with its characteristics that can be easily manipulated and inflated, fosters a culture of instant gratification and short-term thinking. When the value of money becomes uncertain, Individuals are incentivized to spend rather than save. Consequently, people develop a high time preference prioritizing immediate consumption over long-term planning and investment. This mindset leads to detrimental effects on personal health and well-being. People are more likely to engage in unhealthy behaviors such as excess consumption of processed foods, lack of exercise, and neglect of preventative health care measures. The consequences of these choices manifest in a rise of chronic illnesses, obesity rates, mental health issues, and substance abuse problems. Individuals who cannot afford to regularly eat local whole foods often rely on processed foods made with seed oils and other unnatural ingredients, leading to a downward spiral of obesity, insulin resistance, diabetes, renal failure, stroke, and ultimately a complete dependence on the rest of society to care for them. The prevalence of high time preference perpetuated by fiat currency creates an environment where individuals fail to accumulate wealth and secure their financial futures. Continuous spending without proper saving leaves people vulnerable to unexpected expenses and economic downturns. Inflation erodes the purchasing power of their incomes further exacerbating financial struggles. Without the means to invest in education, acquire assets, or start businesses, individuals are trapped in a cycle of poverty and limited economic mobility. Poverty, in turn, restricts access to quality health care, education, and resources necessary for personal development, leading to a decline in overall well-being and increased dependence on external assistance. Bitcoin is a healthier choice. Recognizing the detrimental effects of fiat currency on individuals and society is crucial in paving the way towards positive change. Bitcoin offers a potential solution. Bitcoin operates outside of the control of central banks with a limited supply and transparent nature that encourages responsible financial behavior and personal empowerment. By returning to a form of hard money, individuals can regain control over their financial futures. The fixed supply Bitcoin encourages savings and investment, fostering a culture of long-term thinking and responsible financial behavior. The decentralized nature of Bitcoin removes the dependence on centralized authorities and reduces the risk of inflationary practices, providing stability as well as transparency. Embracing Bitcoin and decentralized financial systems can provide individuals with the means to break free from the cycle of high-time preference, poor health, and financial dependence. Bitcoin empowers individuals to make informed decisions about their finances, allocate resources efficiently, and invest in their personal well-beings and futures. The link between fiat currency and the emergence of fiat society cannot be overlooked. As an emergency medicine physician, witnessing the consequences firsthand, it is clear that a shift towards alternative monetary systems like Bitcoin, combined with financial education and personal responsibility, can pave the way for a healthier, more financially stable society. Bitcoin offers a path 
to personal empowerment and financial stability by breaking free from the grip of fiat currency. By regaining control over their lives and finances, individuals can improve their well-beings, escape the cycle of poverty, and create a more prosperous future. However, it's important to approach this transition with thoughtful consideration, education, and accessibility to ensure inclusivity. Through embracing Bitcoin, we can strive toward a society where people are not mere products of fiat currency, but rather creators of their own destiny. Uh, That's the end of the article, but I will say this before we uh, move on. How many people in the, like, how long have you been in Bitcoin? I've been in since 2015, and I've seen a wholesale change over that time of more and more people that are have been involved in Bitcoin in a long in a much longer time period than um than if you got in like, you know, last year, that they've started talking more about walking every day, eating whole food, eating locally grown food. And then they started becoming carnivores. And now we've got the beef initiative. And it just goes there's people that are Sir Sleepy on Noster is, you know, uh, it's trying to, I, I think the way that that works, he's posting uh, how many steps he's taking per day and people are zapping him uh, the amount that he's walked so that he can get money to go. I can't remember. I think he wants to go to Nostra Asia or something like that. I can't remember. Uh, Sir Sleepy, I'm sorry. It's not that I don't listen to you. I do. It's just that I've got a lot of things going on. So I, I, I'm always confused and rubbing two little brain cells together to make fire. Um, I've, I've seen it happen from barely anybody talking about food and exercise, daily walking, you know, mental health in 2015 to almost it being ubiquitous in the Bitcoin space. I believe this this particular physician is correct. It's causing people to think differently. I've seen it myself. I've experienced it myself. Therefore, I think it's happening. And God for you know, God forbid that it stops. We need to continuously do this. We and and honestly, here's the big one. We no longer and have never really been, but we certainly need to open our eyes to it now. You cannot depend on the public school system to do anything, but what they are definitely not going to do is teach your kids or our children <clears throat> about financial responsibility. Oh, sure, they'll go to an economics class and learn about voodoo economics or whatever the hell that happened in the 80s, but they sure as shit ain't going to be taught how to balance a checkbook, what is an equity? What is a stock? How to read a balance sheet? <clears throat> how to determine what's an asset versus a liability? They're certainly not going to even tell them how to do taxes. That is clearly all going to be up to us. It's sad, but it's true. But there it is, and Bitcoin is going to help us do that. Now, Coinbase redeems $65 million in convertible notes at a 29% discount, this looks like a stock buyback to me. Coin Telegraph Ji Huan Sun is writing it. According to a June 15th announcement, Coinbase has entered into an agreement for the redemption of $64.5 million in a 0.50% convertible senior note due 2026. However, 
The company estimates that it will only need $45.5 million in cash to consummate the agreement due to the note's 29% discount to par value. Coinbase wrote, quote, The repurchases are expected to close on or about June the 20th, 2023, subject to the satisfaction of customary closing conditions. Following such closings, approximately $1.37 billion in principal amount of the notes will remain outstanding, end quote. Alicia Haas, Coinbase's chief financial officer, described the transaction as an opportunistic repurchase and said the firm would continue to look for such opportunities in the future. Many of Coinbase's debt instruments have been trading at discounts since the onset of the cryptocurrency bear market. Investors' fears were exacerbated by a May 2022 disclosure that if the company were to go bankrupt, users' digital assets held on the platform may be subject to bankruptcy proceedings and could see them, see them treated as unsecured creditors. In one instance, the Coinbase Global Incorporated DL Notes 2021, issued in September of 2021, is currently trading at 54 cents on the dollar. Damn. Over $1 billion of this debt was issued with a coupon rate of 3.625%, and a maturity date of October the 23rd. The bond's current yield, 15.2%. Oh, damn. It appears that investors haven't been enticed by the discounts, however. On June the 6th, the United States Securities and Exchange Commission charged Coinbase for operating an unregistered securities exchange and the sale of unregistered securities from its staking as service program. The litigation is ongoing. So, yeah, their senior notes that they issued a while back, they're buying them back at a discount. All right. So they're they're deploying real actual cash to buy back this debt instrument that they issued that is now trading at a 29% discount. What does that tell you? Nobody does anything capriciously when you're at that when you're operating at that level. Like them or hate them, Coinbase is operating at that level. Nobody at that level is going to do a move that involves this much money capriciously, which means it's capri. It means eh, I just decided to do it. Sort of like think of fiat, right? There's a, the, the two cars, fiat and the capri. They both basically represent, eh, whatever, I'm just going to go do something today and eh, whatever. No reason, no rhyme, no whatever. That's what capricious means. Nobody does this kind of shit capriciously. So what's going on in the background? What do they know? Do they know something? We got miners all over the place that are still purchasing massive amounts of mining equipment, yet we saw a 3.5% drop in the price of Bitcoin yesterday because the FOMAC came out and said, hey, we're going to pause rates for the first time in however long they've been raising rates from zero. Right? And I was telling you, you know, a couple of weeks ago that this is the first time that uh, Jerome Powell could actually do something like that and not appear weak. And he has indeed decided to pause rate hikes and that along with the bullshit PPI numbers, because the PP price or producer's price index, as we know, has been so corrupted with noise that we can't actually get a good read of what's really going on in inflation. But other people think that it's real. So and those are the people that are on Wall Street doing all the things that the guys on Wall Street do. And infl so inflation is cooling off. And this is all good news for legacy markets. So what happens? 
uh, people go risk off. And if they're holding Bitcoin at the institutional level, they're selling their Bitcoin. And that's what happened uh, late, late yesterday and or early this morning, whenever it was the FOMAC. I think the FOMAC met yesterday and the notes came out in either event. <clears throat> Why? Why would they still be buying mining equipment? I, I heard Blockstream is releasing a new set of ASICs. Why? Why is Coinbase buying back their debt instruments that they issued so long ago at a 29% discount? They don't have to. They just let it go if they want. Why? Some Somebody knows something. I'm not saying it's insider trading. I'm just saying that there are other people that are so convinced that we're not going anywhere. And I happen to be one of the convinced. We're not, the Bitcoin people are not going anywhere. That it's just business as normal in a bear market, especially this kind of bear market or at this stage of the bear market where it's stagnant water. At this point, the stream that's feeding the little lake that we're all camping by has stopped flowing and all the water in the lake has become stagnant. It's starting to stink, right? That's that's where you are in the bear market. And by the way, you've got another good anywhere between five and nine more months of it. So buckle up and we'll run the numbers. Now look, the guys on Wall Street decided to go longer into into oral. We've got West Texas Intermediate up 3.72% to $70.88. Brent North Sea likewise up 3.66% to $75.88. Natural gas swinging for the fences, 9.05% to the upside, coming in at $2.55 per thousand. Gasoline is also up 3.68% to $2.64, just in time for the summer driving season. Metals are slightly mixed. I got gold up 0.14%. To nineteen seventy one and sixty cents. Silver is down two thirds of a point. Platinum is up one point three. Copper is up point seven percent. Palladium is down half a point. Lumber is up point eight six percent. But look at wheat, five point one six percent to the upside. Soybeans are up three percent. Corn is up almost three percent. Everything is just skyrocketing. The only loser today. Yeah, it looks like Texas and Louisiana is going to have a bad time with their cotton. 0.97% down to the downside. Got live cattle up a quarter of a point. Lean hogs are up three quarters of a point. Feeder cattle are down two thirds of a point. The Dow is up 1.6 or 1.16%. Yay, we're all saved. S&P is up almost a point. NASDAQ is up almost a point. S&P mini is up almost half a point. Real money, as I said, is depressed. $25,006.29. Yeah. That's after almost 400,000 BTC have exchanged hands in the last 24 hours. Average transaction value is 0.92 BTC. Median transaction value is 192 bucks. So getting back up there. Swings in the hash rate are starting to piss me off. Nine minutes and 28 seconds. I got 0.27 BTC taken in fees on a per block basis and 41.9 BTC taken in fees overall in the last 24 hour period. 
It looks like we've got a 1.78% decrease in hash rate. We are sitting at 351.5 exahashes per second. Your shitcoin indicator is Doge, 6.1 United States pennies. Looks like we have a $487.3 billion market cap. That is only 3.79% of gold's entire market cap. And now we're only going to be able to scrape together 13.1 ounces of shiny metal rocks with our one Bitcoin, of which there are 19,402,830.68 of 5,391.67 of those are in the Lightning Network valued at $135.4 million. There are 70,316 payment channels that we can see and 63.8% of the Lightning Network is being run over Tor. We have an estimated difficulty change of a positive 0.2% increase coming in June 27th, 2023. Mempool looks to be just under 200 blocks carrying 303,000 unconfirmed transactions waiting to clear. And they will clear at 30 Satoshis per V-byte, low priority, 40 Satoshis per V-byte, or about a buck 40 for a standard SegWit, no frills transaction. Bitcoin AND has come in at number eight or number nine on the charts today. By the way, my lightning node has come back up. All right, so if you are waiting to boost, you can go ahead and boost. It's been tested several times by myself and several other people. So it's online. I've only lost, I think, one or two channels. And I think those were channels that were going to die anyway because they had been flashing red for quite a while. Um, Other than that, all my balances are intact. So for anybody that said prayers for me yesterday, thank you. Prayers always work. Fatoshi with 6102, which I did not get because he did this while my lightning note was offline, but I'm going to read it anyway because it's it, it it's the it's the heart that matters, right? Bylaws controlling companies is interesting. You can have a model of a guild where any cheats are kicked out of the network and a few of the data privacy companies are doing this. Hmm. Nilma with 2121 says Definitely check out Start9 Embassy. Go for the Embassy Pro if you can spare the sats. Last December, I moved my Lightning node to Embassy Pro from Pi 4 running Umbral and noticed a big improvement on stability. I have a channel with a Lightning Watchbot and would get down notifications once a day or every other day, sometimes even multiple times a day. I hardly get any node down notifications ever since the switch to Embassy Pro. Thank you for your good work. Keep working and keep it real. Thank you, dude. I appreciate that. All right. Uh, the Wild Hustle with a thousand says, I appreciate the signal. I appreciate you. Fatoshi with 610 says, Doesn't it seem a bit sus? Domus activates Zapvertising. Apple bans Domus. See if you can jailbreak your phone and install Cydia, C Y D I A. Can Domus become a web app optimized for phone? Regardless, great that Tim Cook personally thinks Bitcoin is money. (laughs) TK27 with 500 says, did it work? And that one I got. So TK27 on Fountain, uh, I did get that 500 boost. I I was able to confirm that in my lightning node. MCOT with 411 says, many corporations grow large by creating regulatory moats along the way. Elimination of competition through burdensome regulations enables individual companies to dominate industries. We may not need a solution like yours of splitting companies once they get to a certain size if we can eliminate corporate influence on governance, but we can't. 
That's what I'm saying. We can't. And by the time somebody gets that large, it's going to be way too late to install anything that I suggest because you'll get sued by your investors that own your stock because by that time, you've already done your IPO. That's why I'm saying it has to be done by the founders of the company while the founders are still there and haven't cashed out or haven't died and sent the reins of the CEO ship and other C-suite offices to people who weren't along for the ride that did not get steeped in the ethics and morality of the people that actually started the damn company. You have to literally write your rules into stone while you're there, while you're alive, while you're building the company. You have to do that. Again, I I think that my idea is a bit radical. I also think it's a bit unworkable. But the point of even suggesting it was to get other people to start thinking about this. And thankfully, MCOT was thinking about this. I just don't think that we can we can eliminate corporate influence on governance because by that time, you're fiduciarily committed to the path of making sure that your company never loses money so that you don't get your ass sued by every single investor that holds your stock. Just saying. God's Death with 370 says, uh, thank you, sir. Another great one. Jim Leahy with 333 says, 10 sats per minute listening to this. What a great day. Love you, man. You were inspirational in getting me involved in Bitcoin. And by Bitcoin, I mean a Bitcoiner. Keep it up, brother. We love you. I had to tell him thanks with my own little uh, reply there. Gvart Beerborn with 250 says, Breaking! Gensler declares court appeals are securities. In an unprecedented and unexpected turn of events, the SEC has filed the third... Circuit Court of Appeals of the United States for handling unregistered securities. The lawsuit came after the SEC's negative to comply with the court's order to reply to Coinbase's appeal. Chick Gensler was later seen having a heated discussion with Senator Davidson that ended with Gensler bitch slapped Davidson and told him STFU or I'll declare you a security next. Ha ha pies with a hundred says, thank you, sir. Uh, Tur wait, Turbo Leggy with 100 says, great show. Thank you. And I keep asking you guys to give me five-star reviews on Apple uh, Podcast, and you have. I've got like over, in, just in the month of June alone, start, I mean, the last, before June, right? The last five-star review that I got was December the 8th of 2021. And then I started asking you guys to help me out, you know, get this show on track, get it to where I think where it needs to be. And there in the month of June alone, stopping at June the 12th, there are six five-star reviews that have come in this month alone. Do you have any idea what that does for visibility? Even if you don't use Apple podcast app, I don't. I, I, I just, I will not. I don't want to use any Apple shit, anything, anytime soon because Tim Crook, but whatever. You guys came out of the woodwork. And if you guys could continue to persuade other people to give me five-star reviews, that would be helpful. But it's already helpful. It's already doing what I thought it was going to do. My listenership is going up. My discovery level seems to be rising. That's all because of you. That's... I'm not doing that. I don't, I don't have money to buy ads, right? I, I mean, I've got Zapfertising money, but Zapfertising is probably going to go away. 
Uh, I don't think we're going to let it go away completely. It'll come back. We're just going to have to be creative because of, again, Tim the Crook, Apple. All right, so there's your uh, weather report. Welcome to part two of the news you can use. But first, Circle P, today's vendor, Maple Trade. Dude, Maple Trade at Beisnerds, B E I S N E R D S, makes the best maple syrup I've ever tasted in my entire life. And he makes it by hand. No, I mean, really, by hand. He's not buying and selling it. He's not buying it from a different person and then drop shipping it to you. No, this 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 is this is why Circle P exists, right? This is the marketplace for plebs just like you who know how to do something really well, but don't have staff, don't have an advertising budget, don't have any possible way to get anybody to know what it is you have out into the wild so that people can look at it and go, you know what? The maple syrup is, you know, at the store, it's like, it's, ah, and, and every time they go to like a farmer's market, the maple syrup is a little bit better, but not like this, not like buys nerds, not like maple trade. Maple trade is his alias. And you can find, uh, you can find him on Noster as well as Twitter under at B E I S N E R D S. And like the circle P anybody else in the circle P every time that you mention that you're buying his stuff because you heard it from the Bitcoin and and the Circle P, he gives me a cut. Now I haven't heard from Maple Trade in, in in a little while, but hey, he's probably got stuff to do. But one of the things that he does is harvest eight thousand gallons of maple syrup, or well, of maple syrup of tree sap, maple sap from like six hundred trees that he has on his property, and then he boils that down to one hundred and forty gallons of maple syrup. If you want to get some maple syrup made the old-fashioned way, the way that it's always been made, that it doesn't touch the inside of some huge factory and handled by thousands of people and then marketed and put into like really pretty, you know, labels and with all the bullshit. If you just want to get some straight up good maple syrup, go to Maple Trade. Tell him Bitcoin and sent you and he will help support the show, which means that you're helping support the show through the Circle P. Now, what investors can learn from the Bitcoin maximalist strategy? Nicholas Antieno for Bitcoin Magazine. I'm aware that Bitcoin has become of great interest to many investors, but despite growing enthusiasm, sharp price volatility continues to worry and confuse many less less experienced investors. A key way that I believe I can help these investors beat their issues with Bitcoin volatility is to begin following the principles of Bitcoin maximalists. Below, I've highlighted my key takeaways from this philosophy that I think can help more investors find the right path. Bitcoin maxis invest in what they understand. Maximalists are a group of investors who believe that Bitcoin is the only digital asset needed and that its demand will grow into the future. They believe that all other cryptocurrencies are not worth anyone's energy or time. From my interpretation, this group includes significant names like Jack Dorsey, Adam Back, Robert Kiyosaki, Michael Saylor, and others. The Maxi only invest in what they understand, Bitcoin, now and into the future. 
According to most maximalists, investing in a proven digital asset is safer than doing so for altcoins, which puts investors' money at greater risk. With the recent rise of Bitcoin's value, many people seek ways to profit from this asset class without understanding how it works. While investors can make fiat returns with Bitcoin in several ways, like trading, staking, lending, mining, and gaming, maxis prefer to just hold the asset. Most maximalists are successful in their investment journeys because they understand their financial goals, inherent risks, and the overall market. These contrarian investors don't always, well, hold on. These contrarian investors don't always, don't the crowd, but instead look for opportunities. That's the way the sentence is written. <laughs> look for opportunities in places where others may not. <clears throat> their advocacy for Bitcoin is rooted in a deeper understanding of the cryptocurrency and the role it plays in preserving and growing wealth. The Maxi's endorsement of Bitcoin is a reminder for other investors to think outside the box. The asset provides unique benefits that can help diversify investors' portfolios and increase their wealth. Focus on the process. The Maxi's investing model is simple. Buy and hold Bitcoin in a self-custody wallet and let it accumulate value over time. The maximalists achieve this through discipline, solid intellectual frameworks, and sticking to an investment process. Following one's process and staying disciplined minimizes the likelihood of any potential emotion affecting one's investment decisions. Maxi's most essential but difficult trait is to have discipline. They look at an investment with a long-term long-term horizon, which requires patience and avoids hasty decisions. A true Bitcoin maximalist mind state is not about trading in and out of an investment. This is likely true for other types of investors, but for maxis, following the process and having discipline means buying Bitcoin when prices dip. Instead of trading out after making a quick return, they hold the Bitcoin over a longer period and as a result believe they will accumulate massive gains. The Maxis also believe holding Bitcoin is the best way investors can increase their purchasing power due to the crypto's growing user adoption and its hard cap supply of 21 million. The long-term approach. Many maximalists would say that their investment time frame goes for at least 10 to 20 years. This long-term approach is the only way aspiring investors can make significant money with Bitcoin. After all, Bitcoin is never about the short term. The maxis don't change their minds simply because the entire market is acting in the opposite direction. It is with this conviction within themselves that they hold their investment no matter what. Bitcoin maximalist Michael Saylor has described his Bitcoin ownership as the family farm, something an investor should never sell. Last year, the crypto market suffered a significant meltdown triggered by geopolitical and macroeconomic turmoil. Saylor expressed his disappointment for those who rushed to sell their Bitcoin. Maxi's long-term approach to Bitcoin investing reminds me of saying that people who achieve great things are the ones who set their minds to it. So long as an investor can purchase Bitcoin at reasonable prices, they can create wealth over the long term. The sooner you invest in Bitcoin, the more time you have to earn returns. And the more time you have, the more returns are earned by your returns. The concept is popularly known as the power of compounding, which works perfectly in the case of Bitcoin. It is one of the core premises of the Maxi's investment philosophy. Bitcoin maximalists firmly hold the above-mentioned fundamental principles in their investment journey. When Bitcoin investors follow these investing lessons, they are guaranteed to deliver consistently good results. I agree with all of this except one thing. Bitcoin is not 
an investment. It's not. It's not a stock. It's not a bond. It's not a future. It's not, I don't know, whatever else. It's not some kind of weird derivative on whatever the hell Janet Yellen is wearing today. It's not any of that. And there's, I still find it, you know, fascinating that I read the, I read pieces by people just like this and their hearts are in the right place and their minds are almost in the right place, but their vocabulary is kind of off. And that's telling when you use the word investment and returns, that's honestly, that's one of the things that will get you scathingly closer to a short-term time frame than anything else is your vocabulary. Stop using the terms, I invest in Bitcoin. Don't use the words, my returns are great. I'm not selling. N- not, not the I'm not selling part. Don't use the returns. There are no returns. You just buy Bitcoin. Your purchasing power should increase, but hell, even if it stays the same, it's better than having to fight against inflation. All that to say, he's not wrong. These are good these are good points to have. We need to start adjusting our vocabulary. We really need to stop using the terms investment, returns, compounding interest and I kind of don't know where he gets compounding interest unless you're going to stake your bitcoin for yield and don't do that. And even in, even then, the only way you can compound on Bitcoin by staking your yield is that your yield is returned to you in more Bitcoin, not in fiat, which you would have to convert into Bitcoin, which you could still, I mean, uh, you could compound interest that way as well, I guess. But the whole point is, is that the only way you're compounding your returns on Bitcoin is to stake it for yield. Don't stake your Bitcoin for yield. Don't loan it out. Don't, don't, somebody says, we'll get you 12 to 24% returns on your Bitcoin. All you got to do is give it to us and we'll hold it for you. Run away and run away fast. Just words of advice there. Fetty's Bitcoin Federations could onboard the next 1 billion users, says CEO Decrypt Andrew Asmakov. Longtime Bitcoin advocate Obi Nwosu has set his sights on making the mass adoption of the leading cryptocurrency a reality, aiming to achieve this goal through his new project, FETI. But how? Through something called federations. These provide an independent way for communities to take control of their money, data, and digital lives while still protecting each member's privacy and autonomy, he said. Quote, this is a grand experiment. The first version of FETI... Fetty Alpha came out last month at Bitcoin Miami, and you can still join it. The next milestone was to show it working really quickly, so now there's a second federation, which is BTC Prague, Noosu told Decrypt during last week's BTC Prague. BTC Prague, in Fetty's terminology, is a pop-up federation, which means it is only temporary and will disappear in a set period of time. This pop-up federation was set up in such a way that any money that is not withdrawn is effectively donated to a charity picked by the conference organizers. In the case of the BTC Prague Federation, it was only an opportunity to test Fetty Alpha, the early release of the federated operating system, where the attendees of the conference were offered exclusive features such as accessing the event agenda, sending each other sats via Lightning Network and the ability to broadcast messages in a chat. Quote, 
I don't know the numbers, but there are about 6,000 people at BTC Prague that are going to want to download the app. It shows you what we can do with just events. But taking all possible use cases, that can add up to $1 billion. Built on an open source protocol called Fediment, Fedi aims to build community-focused banks that seek to help communities store Bitcoin and data together and simplify transactions between members by outsourcing custody to guardians, people that users personally know or trust. Calling these trusted relationships second-party custodians, Fedi is thus offering a compromise between the comfort of custodial storage and autonomy of self-custody with an option of withdrawing funds into a user's own self-custody lightning wallet. Quote, the next big phase is a full production release where it's super easy to download the app and set up the federation. In In the coming months, we're also going to try and show how easy it is to extend the functionality of a federation. And so we are hoping to have a really large number of what we call FediMods, independent apps that guardians can deploy when setting up a federation. <clears throat> While conferences... And other events, according to Nuosu, is a very powerful use case of what federations are capable of. He firmly believes that it's just the beginning and the project can easily onboard the proverbial one billion new users. Quote, how many hundreds of millions go to conferences, festivals, events, concerts, and all these temporary gatherings a year? And there's normally some app that is really badly put together. And now you download it and you never use it again, argues Nuosu. Here, though, you join a federation for one thing, but at the end, you still have a functioning platform that becomes a Bitcoin wallet and still has a use. Moreover, it can lead you to other things and you can continue using Fedi to set up things for your community or maybe for your company, he said. Communities specifically are where new users can be onboarded, especially as the cost of making transactions on-chain gets higher and higher. People move or first move to Lightning, but the costs continue to rise. And then you'll realize that making channel rebalancing is also expensive. We saw, we saw that recently, he said, referencing reshuffling balances and payment channels that Lightning nodes make to keep routing payments. And he further explained that as the cost of channel rebalancing are generally the same if the channel is used by one person or a million, this will mean that if you have a federation with 10,000 people that cost is shared amongst those 10,000 people. Quote, this is why federations work even in hyped markets, because all your costs are divided. Let's say you have 1,000 users in a $10 transaction. So instead of one person buying, paying $10 to rebalance, you are having one person paying $10 divided by 1,000, which is 0.1%, said Nuosi. On top of that, since the Federations uses Fedi's e-cash notes, the implementation of digital cash invented by David Chom, or, well, Dr. David Chom, this also helps scale transactions as any transaction happening within a Federation doesn't even touch lightning. According to Nuosu, these Federations can also be attractive to companies because companies are also communities with a common interest or a common goal. Quote, right now, if companies want to custody their Bitcoin, they generally use third parties to do that because it's hard for them to do it themselves. And there are some people who try to make it easier, but companies also have complex requirements. And if they set up a federation, they can, for example, have the senior management team be the guardians of the federation. 
Nuosu told Decrypt. Federations can also give companies the spending controls that they want. Quote, they can say, well, this department can spend this much or it can make a certain payment. All that stuff can be added just like anyone can write programs for Windows or for your iPhone. You can do it with the Federation, said Nuosu. According to him, corporations may also need other environments such as integrations with accounting systems or tax systems with back office systems. And because of the extensibility of elements, it will be easy for third party developers to provide those integrations. We're already talking to people who do that, but we won't do it ourselves. We are building the platform, but over the coming year, we will be taking to talking to multiple developers around the world to make them aware that there's a whole new platform that they can use to build on and provide services. Well, what about Fetty's business model? According to Nuosu, it's pretty straightforward. Quote, Fetty Mint is an open source platform that allows people to set up their federations. And whenever a transaction happens, we add an additional small fee. And I'm pretty sure now that people see it happening in a successful model, they will make competing products, just like there's multiple web browsers or multiple operating systems, end quote. The fee charged by Fetty will be very reasonable, added Nuosu, saying that we can use that money to make the experience incredibly good. Okay, so finally, finally, I have read many stories about Fetty or the Fetty Alpha thing from Obi Nuosu. And this is the first one that nailed it to the wall that the underlying technology is, in fact, the Fediment eCache that was developed by. Dr. David Chom or Chomian eCash. This is where the thing like wallets like Cashew, that's what they're leveraging is the Fediment. You've heard uh, Matt O'Dell talk about Fediments a lot. I had my suspicion, but I never ran into something that absolutely confirmed 100% that the underlying thing about Fetty, Fetty Alpha was the Fetty Mint. Now, I feel much better about what's going on with Fetty Alpha. However, I still have a problem with the fact that we're talking about yet one more messaging app that's a walled garden. People are going to start your... Anybody who wants to develop from now on, please consider putting an inlet and an outlet to whatever protocol or platform that you build that takes in information and digital identities from Nostr and outputs the same. So that your walled garden, while it may be walled inside, isn't completely detached from a network that is going to do nothing but grow. I wish Obi Nwosu would consider how do we make it compatible with Nostr? How is it that we can say, hey, look, you can flip a switch inside of Fetty Alpha and give it, you put in your public key and then you can see all the shit that's going on in Nostr. And if you authenticate with your private key, you can send messages from Fetty out into the Nostr universe. Why not? Why not? And when you're you're within this particular walled garden, then it's in the guise of, Chami and eCash, which is honestly a great invention. We Fedimints are awesome. This is going to be great. But when you wall yourself off from the rest of society, nobody knows what you're doing. Please stop it. Sorry, got a little heated there. Oh, here's how hack. No, you know what? I'm not going to do that one. Let's see. 
Let's do this one instead. Republicans continue to defend crypto in latest letter to the SEC, Matt DeSalvo decrypt. The GOP, or grand old party, continues to fight on the side of the crypto industry. On Tuesday, House Financial Services Committee Republicans asked the United States Securities and Exchange Commission to rescind its proposed rule to change the definition of an exchange. In the letter, the group of lawmakers said the SEC's proposed rule will stifle innovation and harm digital asset market participants in the United States economy more broadly. The rule change first proposed by the SEC last year would redefine the term exchange within the Securities Exchange Act to include systems that offer the use of non-firm trading interest and communications protocols to bring together buyers and sellers of securities. So they want to make all social media an exchange. That's, that's what that meant, by the way, in case you've missed it. Republican lawmakers argue in the letter that this definition exceeds the SEC's powers and would shut down the development of the digital asset ecosystem and continue to stagnate U.S. technological innovation. It's not the first time Republicans have blasted the SEC. Republican SEC Commissioner Hester Pierce has previously said that the SEC's demonstration or demonstrated position, quote, sends a message that we are uninterested in facilitating innovation and competition in the financial markets and instead seek to protect its incumbents. Just last month, Republican lawmakers said in a different letter that SEC Chair Gary Gensler was forcing the digital asset ecosystem into an improper regulatory framework. The SEC has gone after a number of major crypto brands this year. Yes, we know. SEC Chair Gary Gensler appears to be cracking down on all the coins and tokens that he believes are unregistered securities and his agency has charged a number of digital asset companies as a result. The top regulator has even hinted that the digital asset industry may not be welcome on U.S. shores at all, saying we don't need more digital currency and adding that the current industry was built upon noncompliance. This harsh stance has been criticized by lawmakers who argue that the regulator is overstepping its mark and by crypto companies who are now eyeing up other countries to do business. Yeah, that's exactly right. Not only... Not only, not only is Gary Gensler doing that, Gary Gensler doesn't give a shit about Circuit Court of Appeals in the United States. The the judicial branch doesn't matter to Gary Gensler. Doesn't matter. Am I mad about him calling everything a security? No, because 99.999% of the crypto ecosystem is indeed an unregistered security and they all need to burn to the ground. And as long as he's, as long as he's, Turning his flamethrower on them, I don't give a shit. The enemy of my enemy is my friend until my so-called new friend turns his shit over on me, in which case he returns exactly to being what he always was, an enemy. But for the time being, while he's, you know, burning all this crap down, I don't care. What I do care about, though, is that he's not answering to one of the three branches of the federal government. Not that I like the federal government, but the federal government was set up by the Constitution of the United States. There's three branches of government. There's legislative, there's executive, and there's judicial. And Gary Gensler is just refusing to even cooperate or even answer to one of the three major branches of government. That sounds like a little dictator. That sounds like a tyrannical guy. And those guys have a tendency to cause a great amount of harm. Right now, if he's only doing harm to you know, the shit coins, I don't care. But at one point or another, he's going to turn his ire to us and he's going to do great harm to us. 
this guy's got to go. I I mean, even if he is doing the God's, you know, God's work by burning down shit coins, he's got to go. This dude is no good. He's no good, no good, no good. Uh, USDT is in the news. This will be the last one I do. USDT or tether is selling on curve. Uniswap spooks traders amid Bitcoin drop. Coindesk Shara Malwa tells us what the hell's going on with Tether. Millions worth of Tether stablecoin appear to be selling off on popular Uniswap and Curve pools to Thursday morning, sparking early signs of concerns among trader traders. USDT, which usually trades around a buck, lost its peg to the U.S. currency and dropped as low as 99.6 United States pennies, according to Coin Market Cap data. The token was recently trading at 99.8 United States pennies. USDT bounces on Curve's popular three pool, a stable coin swapping pool made up of USDT, USDC, and DAI, rose to over 72% early on Thursday, suggesting traders had exchanged tens of millions of USDT in favor of USD coin and DAI. Curve's three pool now holds $300 million of USDT and nearly $55 million each of DAI and USDC. The imbalance suggests an increased preference for DAI and USDC over Tether. Such sentiment was previously observed during Terra's implosion last May and the collapse of crypto exchange FTX in November. Tether CTO Paolo Arduino suggested in a tweet that some traders could be looking to capitalize on the general general sentiment in the broader crypto markets, which has dipped in the past 24 hours. Markets are edgy these days, so it's easy for attackers to capitalize on this general sentiment, Arduino said. But at Tether, we're ready as always. Let them come. We're ready to redeem any amount. (laughs) Okay, so what's going on? Yeah, Tether lost its peg briefly. So what's Tether doing right now? I don't know. Let's look at trading view. Come on, trading view. You can come up. USDT, and there it is. And we are now back up to almost a buck. Uh, In fact, we are up to $0.99902. Okay, so it's recovered most of its stuff. And it did, in fact, dip down to damn near 99.5 United States pennies. So there's a pretty sweep. I mean, Okay, it depends. It really depends on how you're looking at it. If you're like, dude, 99.5, that's half a penny. That's nothing. Yeah, it is. When you're when you have a stable coin like Tether and people are using it to swap in and out of God only knows what for God only knows what reason, and they've got billions of dollars on the line, that costs a lot of money. So that is, in fact, a major dip. And I'm what I've got on my screen right now is that's a scary dip for something like Tether. Am I worried? No, I'm just not. How? Because I buy Bitcoin and I hold Bitcoin. That's going to do it for the morning roundup. Dad says, jokes, my grief counselor died. He was so good, I don't even care. Yeah, it harkens back to that that whole thing about the medical doctor talking about the influence of Bitcoin on healthy habits. Um, Health is really important. And we've basically been taught that you can just take a pill for that. That's never actually been true. 
you're always treat if you're always treating the symptom, then the underlying uh, pathology is going to take you out at one point or another. All right. If you're overweight, just walk. You don't have to go join a gym, dude. See, this is what, one of the other things that I think is is a bad sign of of the malaise that is high time preference in the United States American public, right? Is that you're going to go join a gym and pay them 20 bucks a month, which I still don't know how they can operate on that, but be that as it may, you're going to go join a gym and somehow or another, you're going to lose all this weight faster than taking a five mile walk every day. It actually doesn't even take all that long to do five miles. If you don't want to do five, because maybe you're overweight, maybe you're out of breath a lot and you're not overweight, but for whatever reason, you're out of breath a lot. I get it. Don't do five. Do a half. Start with a quarter of a mile. It's actually a hell of a, I mean, it sounds like a long way, but it's not. It really is not. A quarter of a mile is not all that far. We just think of far because we're using the term mile. And that's, you know, miles kind of a hike. I did 5.9 miles yesterday. Walking, not running, not jogging, you know, just walking, not even, and not that fast walk either. That one that makes people look stupid <laughs> where they're, they're fast walking. Oh my God, I hate it. No, just walk. And this is a great time to listen to audiobooks. You can listen to Bitcoin and you can listen to, uh, permaculture, well, old permaculture voices, which isn't in production anymore, which is too bad. Uh, Jack Spirico. Uh, his podcast, the survival podcast is one of my favorites. Uh, Bitcoin audible. One of my favorites, Guy Swan, uh, rabbit hole recap, uh, TFTC there's, you know, Texas slim. There's all manner of stuff that you can learn while you're walking. So you're learning while you're doing what you are getting fit. Will it happen? Will you get fit where you need to get solely by walking? Yeah. It will take you a longer time, but yeah, you can. There's nothing wrong with walking. It's good for your heart. It's good for your circulatory system. It's good for your breathing. It's good for your blood. It's good for your muscles. It keeps your joints in check. That's why I don't run. I don't like high impact and walking is not high impact. You really want to, you really want to get down and dirty. The best exercise that is no impact at all. Swimming. But the problem is you got to go to a place. Walking is easy because you can walk anywhere. But do something. If you do want to join a gym, then knock yourself out. But you don't have to. Walking is free. But it's just important. If we're truly going to change the world, you have to be alive to do it. If you want to effectively change the world, then you have to have good hopes good feelings. And if you're obese and you're breathless and you're eating bullshit garbage that's got seed oil pumped into it, it's almost impossible to be in a good mood. It's almost impossible to be in a good mood on to, on today's standard American diet. If you were like going, why haven't I been in a good mood? It's probably the food. I fight against it all the time. It's hard to find high quality food And I get it, spending a lot of money on high quality food. And that's what the doc was talking about is that these things, these ways of thinking combined with 
um, our food system in the United States is sort of like, it's sort of like Morpheus talking to Neo. Now with a whole bunch of solar power combined with a form of fusion and plugging your ass in as a goddamn copper top into their system, the matrix was able to, you know, do all this. That's sort of the same thing. It's like a, it's a mental spiral downward. You can, you can do something about that, but it takes time, which means what? Low time preference. It begins at the low time preference, whether you're talking about Bitcoin or walking around the damn block and not expecting to lose a hundred pounds in a week. If you can be low time preference about your exercise, if you can be low time preference about getting into Bitcoin and remaining in Bitcoin, buy Bitcoin, hold Bitcoin. If you can be low time preference about your food selection, if you can be low time preference about when you eat, Do you have to actually eat as much as you think you need to eat? Have you tried intermittent fasting? And I'm not talking about like a full day or two days. I'm talking about skipping breakfast. That's intermittent fasting. Have lunch and a dinner. Skip breakfast. See what happens. Or skip a lunch. Or skip a dinner. Whatever works for you. I haven't eaten breakfast in, I can't even remember how long. I'm fine. You know, I'm like 175 pounds. I'm almost six foot tall. I'm like 5'11 or something like that. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing okay. But I walk. I try to have low time preferences nowadays about what's going on in my life. And I, I think that out of all the stuff that I read to you today, the, the, doctor's, the doctor's prescription about Bitcoin is pretty much the, the one that, that if you want, you should probably read it again. The link to that story, as usual, will be in the show notes, and I will see you on the other side. This has been Bitcoin And, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.